relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. If you like America first, then check out our separate podcast, The Battle for 1600, with my former White House colleague, Boris Epstein. Every week, we give you the inside, in-depth analysis of what's really going on. The Battle for 1600. Subscribe today. Democrat in the White House, a split Senate, Nancy Pelosi holding the House hostage. What do we do now? The only thing we can fight. This is Rebuilding the Right, presented by the Salem Radio Network, hosted by Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Yes, it is that time of the week we dedicate a whole hour to rebuilding, reigniting the right after the events of last November. And every Wednesday I get to do this a little bit trepidatious at first. It's like herding cats with the best faculty in radio. And this week we have none other than that famous he calls himself a non-essential New Jersey citizen, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Follow him at Jersey Joe Piscopo on Twitter. And that filmmaker extraordinaire, author of books that are just simply mandatory reading, Dinesh D'Souza. Follow him at D- Dinesh D. Souza on Twitter. Gentlemen, welcome to Rebuilding the Right. Dr. Gorka, it's Piscopo, a great, and, and hi, Dinesh, it's great to uh, always be on your show, Seb, uh, just a privilege to always be with you, my friend. All right, let's start by, we'll, we'll, we'll drive a little deeper into the big issues uh, in a moment, but we have to comment on the topics of the day. We had two recent shootings, and we have to analyze and break down the institutional left response, and, and whether we're responding to it adequately enough as conservatives. Uh, One occurred in Atlanta with no evidence of any racial animus, somebody who had uh, issues with so-called sex addiction, murdered uh, a a group of employees there who were Asian plus two Caucasians. That is a hate crime. Uh, It is being used as a political tool. And then we have Boulder, Colorado, which has banned assault weapons in the city, has universal background checks, has state red flag laws. Uh, the individual has killed even more victims, one including a police officer. And in this case, he has an Arabic name, which was kind of strangely handled at the beginning of the reporting. But the follow-up coverage says there is no indication of any bias or that this is a hate crime. Let's start with you, Dinesh. Uh, Is there a greater example of the rank, cynical hypocrisy of the left and the mainstream media? Well, I think what I I hate to say that I'm slightly amused by all this, because, of course, we're talking about tragic uh, shootings. I'm not amused by the shootings. I'm amused by the narrative and how 
you know, there's an attempt here to take a kind of Procrustean ideology and force it on the facts, even though it doesn't really fit. It's like trying to put some guy into a suit that is completely wrong sized for him. So the left's narrative, if you start with the Boulder uh, shooting, uh, the left's narrative is that whenever a Muslim is involved in a shooting, the only two words that are going to make sense of the situation are white supremacy and Islamophobia. Now, if those are the only two words you know and the only two lenses that you have in the camera, think of how difficult it is, how head-scratching it is to make sense of all this. Because first of all, you have a shooting in which all 10 of the victims were white. Now, as you know, and as you just mentioned in Atlanta, when there were six out of eight Asian-American victims, hey, that's an Asian-American hate crime. They were targeted clearly for their race. But evidently in Boulder, when all 10, 10 out of 10, are white, you know, they want, they, they don't, they can't let that be a hate crime because it would then be a hate crime against whites. Uh, and this would be a whole different narrative. And the second thing is, it was a bitter pill for the left that the shooter happened to be not just Muslim, but a Syrian immigrant, uh, very involved in politics, very anti-Trump. This is a guy who's taking the radical jihadi side of the Syrian civil war. Uh, and here's a guy who himself, I mean, this is to me the comedy of it. He's railing on his social media against Islamophobia. Now, think about this, Seb. Um, what is he railing against? I mean, Islamophobia is the idea that there are some radical Muslim kooks out there who are willing to, in the name of their religion, kill lots of people. Hello? This guy, you know, he essentially vindicates all the Islamophobes in the country by his actions. No, you you have to see the uh, the tragic the tragic irony of it all. Uh, Joe, is the conservative world responding adequately? Do, do we have the the robust terminology to deal with the hypocrisy of the mainstream? I think they are, Seb. That's a great question, and they are. Thanks to you and to everybody, certainly at Salem, but they're finally showing up because what, what really, and I tell you, you know from our listeners, and every morning on AM 970 in New York, uh, uh, Seb, is I'm talking to is folks just, they, this, no matter what the reason is, this guy killed 10 people, he killed 10 Americans, and now they're going to try to politicize it. They didn't even put these folks to rest yet, Seb. Right. They didn't even put these folks to rest, and they're politicizing it already. And I'll tell you, the conservatives, the uh, independents, you know, we did not even we didn't even go there. They went there. And what and so what's upsetting, if you want to go there, is this is a whack job cockroach. This is another another uh, ilk of Satan, in my in my opinion. And they got to shut it down. They should just shut them down. And you can't politicize it now. The, and, and if I may say, if I got a couple more seconds, if yeah. I may, this this infighting, this is the ground game for the communists in China. China. Exactly what we're doing. That's exactly what they want us to do at each other's throats. You know, when I can't go hug my mom because of the COVID Wuhan virus fiasco, this whole thing that's going on, I don't I don't really get mad at any individual governor who has messed it up or mismanaged it horribly. You know, I get mad at the communists for spewing it upon us. You know, we got and now is the time to be strong. So I think to your point. Uh, doctor, is that the conservatives have been, I think, very decent in this regard. We didn't start politicizing this. We saw someone come in. They started with the white guy thing immediately. And you know what? We're locked in. We're loaded. And forgive that vernacular. That's not the proper one to use here. But we are ready at the ready to fight back in a big way. 
He's pulling his punches as ever, using language like whack job cockroach, but that's what these jihadis are. Uh, Dinesh, are, are we being robust enough in our response as conservatives? Well, I think that uh, our job here is twofold. The first is to um, explode, puncture, and then uh, ridicule the carcass of the left's narrative. Uh, we're starting to do that. I think we're doing it pretty effectively. Um, but it's not enough very often just to point out hypocrisy. And here's the reason. If, we, if they believe two things and we point out the contradiction between the two things, then presumably we believe the opposite of those two things and we are in an equal and opposite contradiction. In other words, hypocrisy is the starting point of our attack. Ultimately, I think what we want to show is that these people have bad principles, uh, bad values, if you will. Uh, and the net effect of what they want is not actually to find a way to corral the bad guys, but to take away the guns from the good guys. That's their goal. It's not that they're accidentally taking away the guns from the good guys in a genuine effort to get the bad guys. They want to take away the good guys' guns, and, and they're using the bad guys and the incident to take advantage of the situation. If people started to get that, they would realize that the people doing that are themselves thoroughly bad guys. Yes. So uh, I think you've said this the last time we were on, Dinesh, that, that pointing out the hypocrisy isn't enough because that's who they are. And they're not going to change when we suddenly point it out. It has to be to make the narrative collapse. So let me ask it again more specifically. Are we doing enough to make their narrative collapse or do we have to do something differently? I do think we're doing a pretty good job, and we always have on the critique side. Uh, I think where we can do a much better job is outline a kind of alternative vision. And the alternative vision is, here's the kind of society that we stand for. Uh, so in other words, we are conservatives. Uh, what are we trying to conserve? Um, in the Reagan era, it was really clear. There are three principles of Reaganism were anti-communism and foreign policy, free markets and domestic policy, and what Reagan loosely called traditional values and social policy. Those things have become less cloudy through the, they've become more cloudy, I'm sorry, through the Bush years. So conservatism now is, needs to go back to what it did in the 70s and 80s and articulate in a fresh way for the 21st century. Here are the principles we actually believe in, and how, here's how we intend to get from here to there. I think I, I tend to agree. The question I'm going to ask uh, as we progress from our two guests, Dinesh D'Souza and my, my colleagues as well, Joe Piscopo, is who's going to do that defining? Is it happening? What happened in 2016 was truly remarkable, the first time ever, ever in American history, we elected a non-politician, a non-former general to become our commander-in-chief who is doing the definitive work of what it means to be a conservative in the 21st century. I think that is lacking at the moment. Dinesh D'Souza's brand-new podcast, you've got to subscribe today, the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. Also, check out his movie amongst many of his movies, Trump Card, and, of course, Joe Piscopo at Jersey. Weird spelling. J-R-Z-Y Jersey Joe Piscopo AM 970 I'm Sebastian Gorka This is Rebuilding the Right On the Salem Radio Network Don't touch that dial
despair is un-American. It's time to rebuild the right. Here is your host, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Where else do you get a colleague with a brand new podcast that's crushing it? I just retweeted it. I found this at the top of Dinesh's Twitter feed. His latest, latest podcast. It's uh, episode 52. How a champion of cancel culture got cancelled. And the logic of Schopenhauer on pessimism. I mean, only on Salem. Come on, guys. Everybody needs a bit of Schopenhauer or Kierkegaard in the morning. We are back. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is Rebuilding the Right. God bless every single one of you who is helping. The, the, we, can't, we can't go to the border and shut it down ourselves. That would happen if Donald Trump were back in office, God willing, 2024. But we can help stop the... Parents of our hemisphere handing their children over to those drug smugglers, those human traffickers and their coyotes. That's what Food for the Poor is doing. Just listen to this woman, this mother, talking through an interpreter of how dire the situation is. Right now, they are hungry. They want food and we don't have enough to get to the whole week. It made me feel sad. Sometimes I get in my room by myself and I cry. I wonder how can I make their life better in order to give them food. I don't want my sons and my daughters to suffer. She wants to know how she can make her children's lives better. She doesn't want them to suffer or be hungry. Well, let's help her. More than a million mouths fed every day by food for the poor in more than a dozen countries. No child should suffer anywhere, and you can be that blessing. Give back if you can, if you survive COVID, if you're doing okay. It's a one-time donation of any amount, but $37 feeds one of these hungry children for six months. $111 feeds three children for six months. That is literally the Lord's work. Remember what Jesus said. Come unto me, the little children. You can be a guardian angel. Go to our website right now. Make a donation in any amount. SebGorka.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. SebGorka.com. Click on the Food for the Poor banner. Uh, I got a text from one of our listeners. She doesn't have a lot of money. She donated $25 today because that's all she could. You know who you are. God bless you. If you can do that, please call them if you want on 855-330-HOPE. That's 855-330-4673. Or just go to sebgorka.com and the Food for the Poor banner. God bless all of you. Okay, we're going to continue. We have to, to, to win a war. You have to understand the enemy. Sun Tzu taught us that. You have to know why you're fighting. You have to know who the enemy is. Let's listen to one of the most robust analysts of the current situation, Fox's Tucker Carlson, on um, part of how we got here. Cut nine. More than any other contemporary American leader, Barack Obama is a racial arsonist. He emerges at our most vulnerable moments to deepen the wounds that divide us. He sows hate. Why does Barack Obama do this? Well, it would take a psychiatrist to answer that question fully, though it seems obvious that deep loathing of some kind plays a role. It must play a role. Today, Obama took a break from becoming one of the richest men in the world to issue a statement blaming racism and misogyny for today's killings. So a guy who appears to be white, shoots a group of white people, and Barack Obama calls it racism. How exactly does that work? Can you speak slowly and tell us? Well, the former president didn't. He didn't indicate, but he didn't need to. Barack Obama had managed to divide Americans a little more than they were yesterday. And so from his perspective, mission accomplished. I'm an immigrant, recent immigrant to America. 
Dinesh, you are. I think you've been here a little bit longer. Joe, you have that classic wasp name, Piscopo. So um, <laughs> let me ask you guys. You have a little bit more uh, of, 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 a, of a spectrum of uh, experiences and you have a longer perspective. It really is worse racially in America than it has been for a long time, hasn't it, Joe? You know, uh, I'm, I'm old enough, uh, Dr. Gorka, to remember the 1960s and the, the horrible racial divide then. As the, but the fight was just there. And it was actually worse in a sense where uh, I don't even want to talk about it on your show with the millions listening because you don't want to put a crazy idea in some crazy person's head. But people were hurt. People were assassinated. It was, And I was a kid in high school and junior high school watching this go down. Right down the road in uh, Newark, Newark burned down. It's the hometown of my parents, Seb. The hometown of my parents where my grandparents came from Italy. My grandparents behind me in my office here. You know, They came to America. They learned the language. They learned the laws. They learned. They taught me to learn to be one thing more than anything else a proud american you know and then the, t- the town they were brought up in burned down it was bad back then very similar now the only difference is we did not have censorship back then there was not censorship i remember we were 60s we said no well it's freedom of speech and everybody was allowed to say what you want if there is racism now on all fronts if there's and, and indeed if there is it's so slanted. They, they, the, the. When you have social media, when you have Mark Zuckerberg putting in four hundred million dollars to change the swing states during the last election, when you have Bill Gates, when Jack Dorsey to you said knocks off two hundred thousand of your followers, <laughs> and then me, I'm not in your league at all. But for my little followers, they lop it off for me. I can't even get a blue check. I wear it as a badge of honor. I got to tell you something. The censorship is something that is more and more prevalent today than ever before. Along along with the the divide in the race. Oh, and Seb, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, take over here. But but I get so fired up because it's the media when I watch the media particularly the mainstream media they want us divided no, they like that's us right. divided that's right they pit us against each other for goodness sake Dinesh, you know? joe makes a very interesting point that in the 60s it was a righteous fight for equality um your life experience has has showed you what about where we are today as a racially divided nation Well, uh, a generation ago, I think Martin Luther King did articulate the ideal that could have brought us together. And I don't just mean specifically the ideal of colorblindness, but another phrase that King very poignantly used, which was the beloved community. The basic idea here is that America is a single community uh, and our belongingness is not to our, our skin color, so to speak, but it's to the fact that we're all Americans um, and we're all children of God. Um, Now, uh, it is Obama's particular talent to poison this idea. Uh, he does it in a very subtle way. And I think in some sense, even Tucker does him an injustice because because Tucker's view is like, hey, I don't really know where he's coming from. He's a racial arsonist. See, Obama, to me, is a little bit like Reagan, by which I mean he is a man of large views. Now, his views are insidious. But you should not underestimate the ambition of the man or the ruthlessness with which he carries out his philosophy. His philosophy is that the whole ship of the world, which has had Western civilization at the top of it for five centuries, is the wrong side up. So America, for example, in his view, is wrongly 
the richest country in the world, wrongly the most powerful country in the world. And he set it upon himself the singular task of weakening America's economy and American power. And he's done it. And he continues to do it. So he has an agenda. He's an arsonist, in a sense, is a kind of a maniac who's doing something maybe to serve some kind of fetish or without a point. But with Obama, he has a point. He's rather clear about what that point is. And we refuse to believe him. Well, there you go. I've been doing a radio show for two years and three months. And I never thought I'd have Dinesh D'Souza compare Obama to Reagan. But that's why we're here. We're stretching the envelope. He is the host of the Dinesh D'Souza podcast, director of Trump Nation, and our buddy from AM970, Joe Piscopo. Stay on this channel. Do you ever feel the urge to push back against the leftist mainstream media narrative of cops being your enemy? If you know and love an officer or just in general support our American law enforcement as an institution, you've probably had that sentiment bubble up inside of you. I want to share with you a very special and very stylish new way to show that you have the back of the police. Egard Watch's CEO, Ilan, is an unapologetic supporter of police and is taking a very strong stance amidst this defund police movement to speak out against negative rhetoric. He designed a commemorative police watch that is beautiful. I noticed special details like the engraving and the quote on the back. Ilan shared with me that in consulting with officers on the watch design, they asked him for an image of St. Michael on the piece. Egard Watches gives away 15% of all sales from this model to police charities. They back up their talk with action. If you haven't seen their Speak Truth short film on this topic, it's a must-watch, and you can currently find it on the Egard website, despite YouTube trying to restrict your ability to view it. Remember to apply this podcast's unique promo code, G-O-R-K-A, to your police watch order so you can save over $30 at checkout. Visit egardwatches.com to make your order. It's time we support companies that stand up for what we believe in, and Egard is a company I am proud to recommend. Portions of America First are brought to you in part by Young America's Foundation. And the great Mike Lindell. What an amazing supporter of all things Salem. A patriot, a truth teller, a man who doesn't stand down even when 25 corporations right now are boycotting his amazing MyPillow products, including the latest, his sheepskin MyPillow foam line slippers. They are just amazing. They're so good. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell that Piscopo chap. I wore them out of the house the first week. Don't tell anybody. 
They're superb, and you're going to get more than 60% off if you use my name. Support this man. Go straight to his website, MyPillow.com. Order any one of his more than 100 amazing products, 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468, MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. Support Mike. Send a message to the cancel culture fascistic leftists that we will not give up, and we will not allow them to destroy Mike Lindell. We are back, rebuilding the right with uh, Jersey Joe Piscopo, host on AM970. You always see he has the best Instagram posts. Early morning, it's dark in New York. He's doing selfies with his Homburg, with his Trilby looking so sharp, so sharp. Um, we were we were singing in the break there. Are we going to have a Salem album, Joe? I think I I'll think do Tom Jones. You you do you yes, do Frank. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? It's not unusual, got baby. Tom's got a goatee. I can do the <laughs> yeah, Welsh accent. Right. It, it is right. Or you could do uh, uh, you could do a little Frank Sinatra. How you said Gorka sings Sinatra. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I've got you under my skin. I've got you. Deep in the heart of me. I actually did He's that. He's got the move. He's got the move. You did that what? You what? I did it against Mr. Sinatra when, when I was a kid on Saturday Night Live. Seb, I, I, he's did he kneecap you afterwards? What happened? <laughs> no, no. He did. This is the joke, and this is really what happened. I looked right down. He did a song, I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You, which is a great classic song. Yeah. And and I said, Mr. Sinatra, I like the way you... And the 2,000 people, by the way, the Friars Club. I'm like 29 years old, scared out of my That's mind. That's right? nuts. I looked at... Listen, and I, and I go to Mr. Sinatra, I go, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with... You like that, you know. So we get the last, 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 and he's looking up at me. He's got Jack Daniels in one end, and he's got a filterless Chesterfield in the other. Of and he course, goes, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I said, "Hey, can I call you? Can I call you Frank?" He said, "No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't." No, and he got the biggest laugh of the night. It was like, you know, kid, you're funny, but don't push it because I'm, I'm, I'm Frank I, I'm, not gonna, I'm sorry, like I'm not going to talk about conservatives oh. for, for sixty seconds. Yeah, what? What was it about old blue eyes? Yeah, what was it? Great, great question. What, what was the Q factor? That that. What was the secret sauce? I think you were, you ready? You ready? Yeah. Swagger. Yes. Yeah, I think it was swagger because when you. But, see, but it was smooth. Go, it wasn't in yeah, your face. Oh, arrogant. Exactly. It was exactly smooth right. swagger, right? Well, yes, because when he stood, if you watch, because I study him, and when I, I do this show about Frank Sinatra, when I study him and I look at him, even as a stage performer myself. He think about it. There's nobody, nobody like him. Where he would stand, plant his feet on the yes. stage, and it was like, "I got this, and I'm doing this, and you're watching this, and you're gonna dig it, baby, because we're swinging, and it's gonna be cuckoo." And you're like, "Oh shit, yes, sir." Whatever you say, it was swagger, it was confidence, and uh, yet, yet, the, the, just interpretation of the songs is honesty in his interpretation now, of the music. I know? have to ask you something because you know you're in New York, you know the thespians and, and the music crowd. It's it's not an exaggeration. Most of the people who get into this business. Uh, are shy, introverted, and it's a compensation, right? Yeah. They, they perform to compensate. Clearly. With Frank, it wasn't, was it? I mean, he had no. it. That, that was genuine. 
Yeah, it's a great, it's a great observation. Yes, because the more I study him, the more the more depth I go into of a study in Frank Sinatra is that is exactly right. He he just he just enjoyed it. Chevy right. squeezed every second out of this life. When I watch him, whether it was giving to kids, whether acknowledging Israel in 1948, he went over there in the in 1962. He visited Israel. People say, "What are you kidding me?" He was the biggest benefactor. He went to Egypt. He went with Anwar Sadat. He helped out the children all across the. Middle East, all walks of life, and he never forgot his roots in Hoboken, New Jersey. So yeah, it was just, but he enjoyed it so much, and I think it's a lesson for all of us. We got to go. You got. I said, I know you want to talk about politics. It's good to deviate because Lord knows we need to smile a little bit. You must come to a show with your beautiful gal, and you come as my guest. I'd love to. And we'll, you know, but but hang we'll, on, we'll, hang we'll, on. Is that before yes. or after the trip to Italy? Because I'm not giving up on that one. I want to go with Jersey Joe to Italy because you get treated differently when you're with Joe. Are you kidding? I just, my buddy Steve in Los Angeles and say, oh, you're on with Seb Gorka. You just gave me some really credibility with my buddy Steve. And thank you for He said, who? Who? Gorka? <laughs> Who's that crazy guy? What's wrong with no, his accent? Didn't. Follow this Steve, guy right now. Jersey, J-R-Z-Y, Jersey Joe Piscopo, AM 970, the answer. We'll get back to work in a second. Relax, guys. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is Rebuilding the Right, coming to you live from the ReliefFactor.com studios, just outside the insalubrious swamp that is Washington, D.C. Relief Factor, 100% drug-free pain relief that actually works. Don't take my word for it. See the amazing video testimonials at relieffactor.com and then find out for yourself. It's so easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That translates to less than a dollar a day. What can it do for you? Well, listen to Reggie from Florida. I have a lot of pain from aging and after only four days of using Relief Factor, I'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness. Can't wait to see how I feel in a couple more weeks. Relief Factor is a blessing sent by God. Incredible words. What have you got to lose except the pain? Do it today. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening. And I promise you, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Reggie, and thousands of your fellow Americans. Do it now. ReliefFactor.com. have the White House, but we have the radio waves. This is Rebuilding the Right on the Salem Radio Network. America is under siege on all fronts. Big tech, liberal media, radical professors, Antifa, censorship everywhere we look. But what we're seeing now didn't happen overnight. The left started its takeover of our colleges and our culture over half a century ago. Now it's time to fight back for the future of America. Scott Walker is the man who knows how to fight and win. He proved that as governor of Wisconsin. No matter what the left threw at him, he stood firm and won the day. And now, as the new president of Young America's Foundation, Governor Walker is launching the long game. A bold plan for winning the battle and the war. The long game invests in young people for generations to come. It's about enacting a plan that will outlast all of us. Governor Walker's new playbook, The Long Game, provides the tools needed to defend freedom today and for generations to come. Get yours today at yaf.com. 
yafyaf.org slash long game. It's absolutely free. That's Y-A-F, Young America's Foundation, yaf.org slash long game. We are back rebuilding the right with Joe Piscopo. Uh, he is, of course, the why do you say non-essential? You're so essential. The essential <laughs> Jersey citizen. Follow him, J-R-Z-Y Joe Piscopo on Twitter. Um, we were talking two breaks ago about family background, uh, yeah. how we appreciate America. Let me, let me play you something that's a little bit different. This is from a senator from Hawaii who um, is obsessed with race. Cut five, Maisie Hirono. Tammy's, Tammy's position... Uh, is that until she gets a commitment from the White House that there will be more diversity representation in the cabinet and senior White House advisory positions, she will not vote to confirm anyone who does not represent diversity. So this is not about pitting one diversity group against another. I think this is a a well-articulated, focused position, and I am prepared to join her in that. Do you think the Biden administration has been adequately receptive to your entreaties for more diversity? Obviously not. Otherwise, uh, Tammy and I wouldn't be taking our position. Entreaties for ethnic diversity. Okay, let me run it past you, uh, Mr. Piscopo. Would your (laughs) grandfather, would your father have made demands that the political elite reflect the ethnic diversity of Italians? You know, I said, I remember my father going to school. He, he couldn't speak English, and they made fun of him, and they made him read the children's books, you know, the uh, with the Italian accent in front of the class. Uh, Jack and Jill run up the hill. Uh, Jack of Oladani boasts his crown. Uh, you know, and, and everybody laughed at him. My father loved the attention. When he went back home, he told my uh, grandmother about it, his mom, Carmela. And she got incensed, and she ran over to the school. How dare you make fun of us? We're new to this country, and you're making fun of myself. You know what the principal said what? to my grandmother? What? This is America. You learn the language. What? Like that. Get, get wow. out of my uh, – uh, listen, listen. Now, now, today, there'd be legislation. Yeah. There'd be protest. Al Sharpton would show up or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it, you can't do anything. My, my, not only did my father go, learn the language, he went on to, to skip two grades in that school, Seb, and he went on to become an attorney to represent the non-English-speaking blue-collar laborers that his father were, that his father was, that his parents were. That's the story. They didn't complain. The largest mass lynching in the United States of America was of Italian-Americans in 1891 in New Orleans. They came in, and I don't really want to be the graphic on your show, Dr. Gorka, but they went in, they bum-rushed the jail cells, and they ripped these Italians out because they were accused of something they did not do. We... We, we don't complain. We don't ask. They, they gave a little bit of reparations back then, but we don't lean on it. We keep fighting. You know, you just keep. And what my grandparents did through the racism of the Italian-American community, which really translates to all ethnicity, you just keep fighting. Yeah. It makes you stronger and it makes the country stronger. And I don't know why we can't get a hold of that, uh, you know, in, in politics in America. Now they're just trying to divide us. And it's a, it's a world that I don't understand. Stand, my friend. And what would you say today to um, Italian Americans mm. who demanded reparations for what happened in New Orleans? <laughs> but what would you say to those who say, well, my great great grandfather was discriminated against in California, so you owe me money, Mr. Federal Agent? 
It was Thanksgiving in Newark, and my mother comes of one of ten, from one of ten. And all the Italians were there, and we were Dagos, and we were Wops, and we were Guineas, forgive me. And it, and we were garlic eaters, and we were the downtrodden of society. And they would give out turkeys at Thanksgiving, and my grandfather, Francesco, from Salerno, they brought a, a, a turkey up to the door. You know what he said? He didn't want it. He didn't want to take it. He did not want a handout. He goes, I can't. I, I got to work for my living. Wow. I, he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed to take it. Now, what am I going to tell you about that generation? And then that generation that came over here in my family, you know, from the turn of the 18th and 19th century, then that spawned the greatest generation, my mother and my father. And they never complained. And they just fought. And they always told me, my pop fought in the Second World War in the United States Army Air Corps. And he was in England. He was stationed in Italy, you know. And he put the bombs on the planes to go over Trieste to bomb Berlin. So he bombed Hitler, my pop. And he always, always told me how great this country is and how lucky we are to be here. And when he, and then when he went to Italy, he didn't complain. He didn't say, look, he, you know, uh, make an excuse for anything. You know what he did? He cleared the villages of his family and of his relatives, and of his community, of his grandfather's family, of Nazis. He went and he fought for who? The United States of America. And Dog. when my pop would sit down and tell me that, it just, uh, it, ju it just makes, it just strengthens my patriotism. And I don't understand what everybody's whining about, Seth. Well, God bless Francesco. God bless Carmela. You know, it's funny. I, we don't rehearse any of this. And what you just said, really, I never heard until their dying day. They died 15, uh, 17 years ago. I never heard my parents, who were real refugees, who suffered as children under fascism and then were persecuted under communism. What you just said reminded me. I never heard them complain once. Not, not about anything. Never complained. We need more of that. We're talking to my good friend... Joe Piscopo, I think it's Giuseppe, honestly. But he'll tell us in the next segment. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Have you taken your balance of nature today? You've got to stay as healthy as possible. You've got to eat right. You've got to exercise. And look, very few people like the vegetables, at least all of them. Kale is evil. We know that. But you've got to eat them. The fruit, the vegetables, your mama wanted you to eat be the healthiest you you can be. Thanks to Dr. Douglas Howard, who's created Balance of Nature. I just call it health in your hand. Six little capsules, three red for fruit, three green for vegetables that provide me with 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables. It's truly remarkable. It's like cheating, but it's good for you. Order today, and Dr. Howard is going to give you 35% off and free shipping on your first preferred order if you use my name. Call 800 246 8751. It's a super easy number, but write it down. 800 246 8751. Balanceofnature.com. But you've got to use the promo code G O R K A. Do it today. You won't regret it. Balanceofnature.com. Promo code Gorka. Of America First are brought to you by Food for the Poor. 
We are back. Our mission is to rebuild the right every Wednesday. We do it with different members of our Salem faculty. Bill Bennett called us the best faculty in talk radio. And one of our members is, of course, Jersey Joe Piscopo. He can be heard every morning, AM 970, The Answer. Joe, um, I want to riff for the last few minutes of, of the show here. Well, first we have to discuss our album. When that we're gonna when we're gonna cut that album, but more importantly, I love that. I love that. I've come to realize in the last few months, especially thanks to the China virus, that whatever the issue is, the First Amendment, the economy, immigration, you choose. The real thing we lack the most on our side is courage. Do you agree? Yeah, that's why I always appreciate what you're doing, man. Because, you know, I, I walk the line in the mornings and I try to keep it under the radar, <laughs> Dr. Gorka. And I always try to say, look, let's let's kind of be friendly. You go sometimes, and I love when you do this, I got to tell you, you go right between the eyes, brother. <laughs> you go right between the eyes. And, I go, and, everybody's going, and I'm there going, okay, let's keep it nice. <laughs> yes, Seth, go, baby! <laughs> you, you know, you know I... Because with their, you are you're great like that. I like when people are fired up, and we do have the best team with you know Mike Gallagher, our buddy, and Charlie Kirk, and Mr. Prager, and 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 Larry Elder, Larry, my buddy, you know, and and it's so so. I think we're okay, and I like what you know what when Seb, uh, when Dinesh Seb said something about Ronald Reagan. That was my hero, man. Yes. Ronald Reagan was my hero, and I think we got to take a lesson. And I know we don't have a lot of time, but I, you, you got to figure out the way Ronald Reagan was smooth. Well, well. You know, everything was so nice, yet you knew he had a, he had guts, he had courage, he had vision, he had conviction. He knew exactly what he was doing. And for him, it was America first, you know. And I, li- I like that tone. That tone was so smart, you know. So I think we're holding our own. And when I say our, Dr. Gorka, I mean those of us who love America who believe in America, and we believe we're one nation under God. And we seem to be a dying breed, but I don't think so, Seb. I think we're doing okay. I think something's happening, and I think a lot of people are waking up, and especially yes, a lot sir. of buyer's yes, remorse after November. Look, uh, there's a phrase from the UK, horses for courses. I'll leave the smooth to Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll, bring the bra- I'll bring the brass knuckle dusters. That's what I'm good at. But hey, we've got a faculty. We've got Dennis. We've got Joe. We've got the whole team, Dinesh, yes, Charlie, Mike Gallagher. And together, I'm sorry, it's the best faculty in talk radio. Follow this man. Listen to him every morning. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been Rebuilding the Right on America First. Check out our YouTube channel wherever you get your podcasts. Also our website, sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. And follow him, Jersey, J-R-Z-Y. I don't know why. It's how he spells it. Jersey Joe Piscopo on Twitter. God bless you all. We will be back with another Salem buddy, the one and only Jennifer Hall.